What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to First and Goal, the hardest-hitting up-and-coming ACC and SEC football podcast on the internet today. It is Tuesday, March 22nd in the year 2022, and today we're going to do things a little bit different. I know the last couple weeks we've been working on our year reviews, but uh, this week here we're still going to continue that a little bit somewhat with Texas A&M out in SEC West, SEC West. But uh, also, we're going to have a little bit of an update on some news, breaking news around the league, give a few updates. We're going to talk a little recruiting, talk about some notable potential breakout freshmen at some of these campuses this year. I got a little list put together. We're also going to discuss some familiar faces and new places, talking about the potential impact transfers, who we think is going to make the biggest impact in the transfer portal this year. Also, we're going to have a little injury report for you. And also let you know a little bit about some spring football with Texas A&M. But uh, all in all, I'm pretty excited. Joining me as always is my co-host, the one and only, Big Rob. How the hell are you doing over there, man? What's going on, everybody? Another beautiful day in the neighborhood. Get a little talk a little football today. Doing little things just a little bit different. I like it. I like it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. For sure, for sure. But, uh... Before we get into this thing, man, how about a little news around the league? Absolutely, man. Let's start off with the breaking news coming out of Florida. Emory Jones hitting that transfer portal. Yeah, man. He uh, packed his bags, went to a few practices with him, and things just wasn't working out. I guess Anthony Richardson must have must, – all I can think is he must have been out doing uh, That's all I can think of, man. You know, the funny thing is – he was actually talking about hitting the portal right after season ended and decided to change his mind and give it a chance. So I don't know if, you know, they kind of talked him into staying around, uh, you know, for a little bit or what, but I just don't think he liked it there anymore. Yeah, I think he needed some new scenery. Uh, nothing against him. I think he wanted to make it work. It's kind of like a relationship, you know. Sometimes you just want to make things work and, after a little while, you say, well, this just ain't going to work out. The best thing to do is separate and move on and find something new and get a new, fresh start. And That's what he's going to do. I've heard a few people say that he's looking at going out back out to Arizona State. That would probably be a good fit for him. They need a quarterback. Yeah, the Sun Devils, hell, they've needed a quarterback for a while. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, they really do. Also, there's a few people saying that don't count out Missouri. Eli Drinkwitz and the boys, they're still waiting to hear back from JT Daniels to get a commit from him to come over to the portal, but they are in dire need of a quarterback. Yeah, absolutely, man. And With Missouri, I don't know, though. That that quarterback that they had playing in the uh, the bowl game last year actually looked really good. Oh, my cook? Yes, sir. Yeah, he looked pretty good. They also brought in a freshman who they talked real big about and Supposed to be a dual threat, very mobile and everything else, but his very first pass he threw in the spring game was an interception in the red zone. So, I mean, you're coming from high school and into college ball, and you're playing with the big boys there. And, you know, first pass, I'm not going to hold it against him throwing an interception. His first pass is a college quarterback. Yeah, you can't hold the heat to him on that. I mean, especially as a freshman. Yeah. Ideally, you really don't want to start a true freshman quarterback. I mean, in a perfect world, you've got at least two guys with experience ahead of your freshman. That way he can sit a year, get that experience, be able to pick up that red shirt, and uh, you know, be able to continue you know, going forward after that. Just 
you know, soaking up the knowledge, the experience and everything in a perfect world. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, in a perfect world, that would be great. You always want your guy to really sit a year on the bench just to give him time to learn the system, get familiar with all the coaches. Hell, get familiar with really the speed of the game. I mean, ACC and SEC, that is some of the fastest football in the whole entire nation. You ain't lying, man. You ain't lying. You touched on uh, Richardson earlier, you know, with, you know, that job out there in Florida now. But also don't get out that Ohio State transfer, Jack Miller, that's coming in. You know, he's uh, he looks really good, too. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, he could very well land a spot in the scene. But it's going to be tough to beat out Anthony Richardson because, I mean, last year he all but – Took the job from Emory Jones. Then he actually started a few games, dealt some injuries. Remember, he was supposed to start the game against South Carolina. And then I don't know if some hotel shenanigans took place or what, but he was perfectly fine when he left Florida. And then the day, well, excuse me, the morning of the game, all of a sudden he was on the injury report and missed the game. Well, didn't they try to claim that the flu bug was going around at that point in time? Yeah. I don't know if the flu bug got him or, like you said, hotel shenanigans. They're just blaming the flu. Well, he was on the end report, and he missed the rest of the season. Was he? So it had to be some sort of shenanigans. Yeah, there had to be some kind of shenanigans going on. Man, up there in Columbia, you get around five (laughs) points there. There ain't no telling what the hell's going to happen. I'm telling you. You know, it's you liable to get a, you know, one too many in you and decide that you want to, you know, go – Surfing down the stairs or something like that. I mean, that's the Stephen Garcia stomping around, so <laughs> there ain't no telling what the hell takes place up yonder. Maybe they met uh, Maybe they met Mr. Garcia down there at five points. That might be what happened. He said he was going to go ahead and take Florida out one more time for old time's sake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. It's possible. But, uh, yeah, that's some big news. I'll tell you what, I think the biggest breaking news really for me, how about this sign Tennessee got, man. Oh, oh. Nick Nico Lamaleva, Lamaleva. What? Hold on, hold on. What, what the hell's going on with all the last names in the quarterback world these days? Oh, I have no idea. Man. I mean, you had the man at Clemson last year, Uli Youngalele, and his backup. <laughs> his backup's name was even harder to pronounce than his. Now you got Lamaleva. <laughs> I, I I really don't know, but uh. Five-star quarterback. This is the biggest sign Tennessee's had in a long, long time. It really is, man. It really is. They were they were really crossing their fingers for uh, the Manning to come in just to you know shore up everything. Of course, you know Peyton, his uncle, was the originator down there at Tennessee and really took him to, to New Heights. So they were hoping that the Manning would come back in and save him again, but. They are really huge on this Lama Leva uh, quarterback. He's number uh, ranked number three uh, in the quarterback room. Yeah. yeah, he's number three quarterback in the nation. Yeah, six foot five, hundred ninety five pounds. Got a hell of a frame. I mean, after you think of the weight he's going to put on once he gets into college, gets in the weight program, and all you can go ahead and add probably twenty five, thirty pounds onto that. I mean, you yeah. get him at six five and get him around two thirty. So hell, that's Josh Allen, that's Josh Allen territory, really. Well, you know, the uh, 24-7 sports actually hasn't compared to Marcus Mariota. If I was him, I'd rather be compared to Josh Allen. <laughs> you ain't lying. But, uh, 
He chose the Volunteers over Alabama, Georgia, Oregon, among many others. But I mean, just those three right there, Bama, Georgia, and Oregon. And he chose Tennessee. I wonder how many McDonald's bags he got. That's a lot of happy meals. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, Tennessee, uh, I think they said it was around $8 million or $6 million. I'm, it was in the millions. Yeah. I know that, so. That's crazy, man. That's crazy. But that's that's what the game of college football has come to now, man. I mean, NIL is a very real thing, and it is a very big factor in a lot of these guys. Well, absolutely, man. I mean, now that they don't have to hide around the fact that, you know, some of these guys are getting paid to show up, I mean, you're going to probably get bigger deals than what had happened, you know, previously. I mean, the only team that could be really pissed off about the whole thing is Tennessee from two years ago. Yeah, absolutely, but – what better time to get a sign like this? I mean, Hendon Hooker transferred over last year from Virginia Tech. Had a hellacious year. Coming back this season for one more, but it's almost guaranteed pretty much. After this year, he's heading to the NFL. And, yep. I mean, 6'5", 195, very, very athletic from what they say. Has a cannon for an arm. I mean, this is ideal Hendon Hooker replacement, I mean. Oh, yeah. Talk about plug and play. Absolutely, man. You know, he's he prefers to stay in the pocket to try to throw, but he does have the leg uh, to be able to get out, you know, try to buy some time or, you know, pick up some yards if he needs to. That's exactly right. I mean, that's a big part of the game nowadays. If you don't have a quarterback that can buy you a little bit of time, he can escape the pocket and scoot out there and buy you a few more seconds walking down the field. And if all else fails break and the play breaks down, he can escape and at least pick you up a few yards. Yeah. That's that's what the game's all about nowadays. It's just you look at these defensive linemen. Um, what was the man's name from right there in Georgia? Was it Jordan Davis? Davis, I know, was the last name. I think it was Jordan Davis. I mean, that dude was. I think it's what six five. He was like six six. I want to say three fifty. Three fifty, but ran a four point six, wasn't it? I think it was a 4'6". Four, 4'6 six. Four, six or 4'7 in the 40. Yeah. And then you look at South Carolina, that Jabari Ellis they had, he was 6'4", and I think he was a little over 300 pounds. He ran a 4'7 in the 40. I mean, you get 6'5", six 6'4", foot six foot defensive lineman, 300-plus pounds, and they run him like a damn wide receiver. Absolutely. Man. I mean, you know, that's just defensive line alone, man. What about the defensive ends, how quick they're getting? Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, if that's your defensive lineman speed, imagine all the safeties, linebackers, everybody's getting faster. Yeah. So, if you got a quarterback that's running a five-flat, <laughs> 5'10", back in the day, you could work with that. Now, I mean, that's – Katie bar the door. <laughs> yeah, you you in deep trouble. Oh, yeah. you got to have somebody who can get out of there. So Absolutely, man. Or at least somebody that's got a quick enough release that, you know, can get the ball away before taking the hit. Oh, for sure. But my thing is, with them getting this in there, you already look at the turnaround they had last season with Josh Heupel. I mean, they were a real – there wasn't a single game they played in last year, really, where they were not competitive. Right. I mean, they were a tough team last year. They really were, man. I mean, every game they played. And now they're in a new system. Yeah. You look at this year coming in, I mean – Everybody's got another year under your belt. You got your starting quarterback back. You got just about all your linemen back. Yeah. A lot of returning players, both sides of the ball. I mean, they're only going to get better. And then you sign a five-star quarterback like this right here, number three in the nation. 
you think all these other recruits, all these receivers out there are not looking at saying, hey, absolutely. I can go to Tennessee and I can play for this guy. Absolutely, man. I mean, the only downside of signing him now is he's not going to have that year behind him and Hooker. But at the same time, man, I mean, you know, that's that's great for the future. It really is great for recruiting, great for just the, you know, just the locker room in general. That's right. I mean, if anybody can get a true freshman to play great, I mean, who's to say he's going to start next year? Right. You never know. That might still set him for a few games. Right. But I'm telling you right now, Josh Heupel, this guy knows offense. He can put points on the board, and he can get the very best out of players. I mean, we've seen what he did down in Central Florida. Yeah, absolutely, man. Dude is a genius with the offense. He can really inspire the hell out of some guys. Absolutely, Heupel, man. I mean, just coming in last year, I didn't think he was going to be as much trouble as what he's looked like. But goodness gracious, man, look at what he's done in just a short amount of time. Um, he took a very stagnant, boring Tennessee offense that would make you fall asleep with old Jeremy Pruitt. And not to mention all of the recruiting violations and everything they had with the McDonald's bags. <laughs> oh, absolutely. All I'm saying, man, is, I mean, you look at the offense with Jeremy Pruitt there, was there. Their offense was horrible. Horrible. It was terrible. It cost them, I don't know how many football games. Yeah. And he came in. I mean, he turned it into this air raid, got to quote Steve Spurrier here, fun and gun type of offense. I mean... They were putting points on the board every damn game. Oh, yeah, just lighting it up, lighting it up. And what really got me is they quoted Nico, his quote on when he signed for Tennessee, he said, the reason I signed for Tennessee is he said is I know they can compete and they will compete yeah. on the same levels as Georgia and Alabama and everyone else, and they can win those games, and this team can win championships. I'm sure that NIL helped, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> the hell you think? Oh, McDonald's is booming. <laughs> but uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> but, uh, bah, bah, bah. Yes, sir. But, but I mean, that's a good pickup for Tennessee. But what about this pickup for Duke? Yeah, that really surprised me. I mean, star wise, it's nothing great. It's not nothing shiny. But still, three stars. That's not bad for Duke. It's not bad for Duke, but he's a high three star caliber. Yeah, very high. I mean. I'm surprised he's not a four or five star. I mean, you look at this kid's high school stats. Oh, yeah. Name is Seth Davis. Yes, sir. 2021 stats. He ran the ball 241 times for 2,468 yards, 28 touchdowns. I mean, that's yeah. that's impressive. And look at the offers the kid had, man. He had uh, Cal, Florida, Louisville, Mississippi State, Mizzou, Ole Miss. Just yes, name a few. Yes, sir. That's what I'm saying. I'm very surprised he's only a three-star. but I mean, he's got room to go up, though. He's got one more year left before he comes in. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. That's going to be very, very exciting for Duke. Absolutely, man. And it's going to be a great piece to plug in because they lost the running back's pass year. They're going to have to go one year without him, but after losing that big-time playmaking running back, they had his pass year to the NFL. I mean, that's a piece where they're really looking to rebuild that, so to speak. Absolutely. You know, there's and with Duke getting a new head coach, everything changing. There's there's no way but up for Duke at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you're at the bottom, the only way to go is up. Yeah. And you got a new coach in there who really has a great background. Winner, been a winner everywhere he's been. Yep, absolutely, man. So I look for Duke to really make a few surprises. Yeah. 
That new coach came in and said, I'm going to burn it. <laughs> so he's going to burn it down, eh? going to burn it down. I hear you. <laughs> yes, sir. You have any other recruits you wanted to talk about? Not really. Not this very moment. All right. I'm going to talk about a few recruits in a few minutes when I go over some uh, potential breakthrough recruits I'm looking at. But uh, actually, not breakthrough because I'm going to about freshmen. My bad. But uh, <laughs> I think I want to switch over next and talk about our familiar faces and new places. All talk right. about some of these breakout transfers we got from each division. What you got for us? Right here in the SEC East, you got Spencer Rattler, quarterback, going from Oklahoma to South Carolina. Was a former five-star, former Heisman contender. Coming on down to Old Faithful right here. Yes, sir. Right here. That's going to be very exciting. I mean, that just has breakout wrote all over it. I mean, just screaming. Watch this. Absolutely. Got a chip on his shoulder the whole nine yards. That's going to be great. He's also bringing along Austin Stogner, a tight end from Oklahoma, South Carolina. Yes, sir. We uh, we needed another tight end to come in for Nick Muse, who went on to the to the lead. But uh, there's nowhere up but up for those two positions. My my best opinion. No, absolutely not. And I think that's going to make a huge impact on South Carolina Gamecock offense. I mean, hell, Rattler Stogner's not coming in until later in the summer, but Rattler's already there in spring practice. I mean, you've seen the difference just in that. Yeah, he's got four practices under his belt. The first practice that we were able to get some film on, man, he was throwing dimes, throwing dimes, especially to uh, Jaheen Bell right there in the back of the end zone a couple of times, man. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Jaheen Bell didn't pull his hand. He just trying to catch the ball from Spencer. It's a possibility, man. It's a possibility. Old hamstrings, they don't ever give you no warning when they decide to go in. That sucks. Yeah. But I just more so was impressed with his footwork, his uh, mobility and athleticism he was showing off. It's hard to really tell what his arm's got to do until we get a defense out there at cross from him. Right. But the athleticism really looked great. But uh, also – oh, go ahead. Sorry, what? No, I was just saying absolutely. All right. But uh, also right here in the SECs, Something that really caught my eyes. We got two offensive linemen transferring over to the Florida Gators. We got Cameron Waits and Osiris Terrence. Torrance. Both of them coming from, I don't know what's up with that name, but, <laughs> but uh, both of them are coming from Louisiana Lafayette, following Billy Napier oh, over to really? Florida. So. I find that a little bit intriguing because the very first thing that he has decided to do is address that offensive line of Florida's, which I really do believe was a big issue this past year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. A huge issue. And that is something, to me, if you're a new coach coming in and you're addressing the line first thing, I love seeing that. Yeah. Because I don't care what nobody says. You can go get all the quarterbacks you want, all the running backs, receivers. You can get whoever the hell you want. If you don't have a line, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing, man. If they, if you can't get time bought, especially with these kids that run a 4-6 on the defensive line, 4-6, four, 4-7, four, but you ain't got time to do anything. No, you really don't. You really, really don't. you got to have a line that's going to buy you some time. But also, you got to have a line – they can push these defenses around, make a little bit of room for your rushing attack. Yeah. Because if you ain't a balanced offense, you get one-dimensional. You can get in a lot of trouble real fast. Yep, quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes, sir. And then uh, out here in the SEC West, 
we got a few new guys rolling in. One of the first ones caught my eye was Jackson Dart coming from the USC Trojans to Ole Miss. He's a former four-star quarterback. And, I mean, if anybody needed a quarterback for this coming here, it's Ole Miss. I mean, he's got some big shoes to fill. You got you got Matt Corral rolling out, so that's going to be some really, really tough shoes to fill. Yeah, Matt Corral, man. It's it's going to be hard to fill his shoes. Matt Corral had a big arm, you know, could, you know, could scramble when he had to, and, you know, just – just the perfect touch on the ball, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Matt Corrales, I mean, the last two years, he has really put on a clinic. And the SEC, he has hurt a lot of people. He hurt my damn feelings pretty bad. I know that. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was the perfect quarterback for the lane train. He really was. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And we got another transfer coming in named Jaden Hazelwood. Hazelwood. Wide receiver. Coming from the Oklahoma Sooners. Transferred to Arkansas Razorbacks. They need another wide receiver. <laughs> yes, they do. Goodness, man. A team that's already, I mean, a bad dream, just sleepwalking around. Everybody, I don't know why everybody keeps sleeping on Arkansas. Hell, I was sleeping on them. And then I got to really looking back at what they did last year and two years ago under Sam Pittman. Yep. But that's a scary damn team. Oh, it really is. It really is. That is a upset machine just cruising all around, and nobody is giving them the respect they deserve. I mean, look at what they did to Texas A&M last year. Hell, Texas A&M, who else did Arkansas beat? They made a few big ones. I think it was Mississippi State. They beat, oh, Texas. They did beat Texas. Oh. They did. They turned the Texas Longhorns into the Texas Ribeyes. <laughs> it was like Applebee's on state night. Great Lord. <laughs> it was rough. Oh, I'm telling you. I mean, they just dominated them. Oh, Arkansas is just such a scary team. and Like you said, man, just an upset machine. You sleep on this team. Anybody sleeps on this team, man. They, they can win any given Saturday. Hell, you can study them. You can study this damn team, and still, they're going to put up a hell of a game. I mean, both they played their asses off week in, week out. Great team, no doubt at all. One thing that I've noticed about that team, man, is very few tendencies. That you really pick up on. No, no, it is very, very offbeat. Sam Pittman, well, he's just, he's done a hellacious he job. Really has. I mean, that program was a joke a couple years ago. I mean, you remember on Chad Morris, that was, <laughs> I'm sure Arkansas fans probably don't want to remember. Hell, half of them probably don't remember from all the alcohol they consumed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I know yeah. I was consuming some alcohol for a few years. Hey, Carolina under the Muschamp era. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, you know, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We got one last one for you right here in the West. All right. What you got? Max Johnson. <laughs> Transferring from LSU on over to A&M. Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, that is a loaded team. We're going to talk about them here in a bit, but. Max Johnson, I mean, he's the son of a Super Bowl winning quarterback, Brad Johnson. Mm -hmm. Got the pedigree, mm -hmm. and he has got great, great talent. If you can just kind of rein it in, and I think at Texas A&M with the coaching staff they got there, it's really going to help him harness that talent a little bit more. I mean, that kid is just a hell of a playmaker. He really yeah, is. He really is, man. He really is. Any given time, I mean, he's got the talent. To be able to sit in that pocket, 
be able from the pre-snap to post-snap, really be able to dissect what the defense is doing and get the right read most of the time. Yeah, he really is. And, I mean, he just blew me away with his athleticism last year. I mean, some of the sacks he escaped, hell, I don't know how many times you've seen where he was in the process of getting sacked. I mean, seven, eight inches off the ground going down and just flipped the ball out to his halfback real quick. Yep. I mean, he really played very well. And a lot of LSU fans were critical of him, but you had a lot more problems on that team last year than just a damn quarterback. I'm here to tell you. Well, I mean, we're talking about the same LSU fans that wanted uh, Coach O gone after winning a national championship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) You are correct about that. But how about we switch on over to the ACC, look at some of these transfers. What you got in the ACC, Bo? I'm interested with the ACC. Uh, right here in our coastal division, we got four-star Henry Parrish, running back. It was an Ole Miss they recruited. Transferred from Ole Miss to the Miami Hurricanes. Oh, man. Talk about a little team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if anybody's been missing a running back the last – Hell, for the last, I don't know, five, six years now, really. I mean, Harris Harris tried his best, but it just it was never a good fit. I think a lot of that was also due to the former staff that was in place. But. Well, former staff, quarterback, I mean, RPOs with the quarterback decided just to keep it itself. Yeah, wasn't a whole lot of touches going on. But yeah. I'm t- I think Henry Parrish, he's got a ton of potential. I mean, you look, when you look at four-star players, you're looking at potential NFL football players. Oh, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. normally a four-star player, you're projecting them to go somewhere between the second and fourth round of the NFL draft. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a big-time playmaker. Then you also got another four-star receiver, Frank Ladson, transferring out of Clemson. And guess where he's going? Miami. Yes, sir. <laughs> Two four-stars going on down to South Beach. Mm-mm-mm. Terrifying. Absolutely Terrifying. Yeah, if you uh, if you win the ACC this year, you want to keep an eye out on the Hurricanes because these the it, it's coming to blow. It, it really, really is, man, for sure. Then you also look over here at the ACC. Yeah, we're still in the ACC coastal. Excuse me, <laughs> I, man. I'm running on low sleep. Y'all got to bear with me a little bit. <laughs> Trying to read his own handwriting. Hey, it's a struggle sometimes, <laughs> man, let me tell you. But you got four-star linebacker Noah Taylor transferring out of Virginia to North Carolina, a team who has really been needing some linebackers. Yes, sir. That That's going to help. That's going to help North Carolina. It really is. That's going to help them a bunch. But there's only one thing I'm a little concerned about with North Carolina, and also with Virginia. I didn't realize until I did a little research, North Carolina has lost 13 players for the transfer portal. And I don't quite understand. I'm not sure what the hell is going on exactly. 13, well, if 13 I'm not mistaken, even. if I'm not mistaken, I think they fired the defensive coordinator in North Carolina this year. It's about time. <laughs> I think they got rid of him and brought somebody in. So I can, I could almost see the defensive guys leaving, but I, I'm not so sure about the offensive guys. Yes, sir. And I'm going to tell you what, Virginia's head coach leaving when he did step out. That did a number on them in the transfer portal. Yeah. They lost 21 players to the transfer portal. And, and I hate 
that Bronco left, man, because he was a hell of a football coach. I mean, I understand why he did it and the way he did it. But, you know, at the same time, man, I mean, and it's no knock on the coach because you got to do what you got to do for family life. But, you know, with these kids that, you know, put all their faith into you and all their belief into you, it almost breaks their will whenever the coach that you signed on is not there anymore. Yeah, it really does. It kind of hurts your feelings a little bit. and feels like the guy that put all faith in you and gave you your big chance, now he's not there. It's, yeah, he's not there. And it's not like he was forcefully, you know, let out. No, he stepped down. He stepped down on his own due to personal issues. <clears throat> and he didn't have a bad record. I mean, his job no. was not in jeopardy whatsoever. Not at all. Not at all. There was no hot seat, no nothing like that, man. I mean, they're coming off, you know, uh, bowl visits. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a big surprise to a lot of people. But when he steps down on his own, that's almost – and I hate to say it like this because, again, I don't blame the coach for doing what he did, but it's almost a slap into the face to your recruits. A little bit, yeah. A little bit because you're making all these promises and now you're bailing us. Yeah. Kind of hurts you taking them with your word. Yep. If anybody liked it, I could tell you Virginia Tech liked it because they just lost to the Cavaliers, and then they bring in a prestigious new head coach from mm-hmm. D.C. from Penn State, so they mm-hmm. got a little bit of momentum. And then Virginia's head coach resigns. Well, prestigious, not to mention he's <laughs> he was a previous coach under the legend himself, yes, Frank Beaver. Frank Beaver, absolutely. So. It's going to be interesting what's going on up in the state of Virginia this year, for sure. Absolutely, man. I'm excited to see it. I mean, yeah. y'all watching on video, you see this Virginia Tech helmet right here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll give Virginia Tech some love. I always enjoy watching Virginia Tech. Been to Blacksburg, Virginia. Visited down there for a weekend one time. Had a hell of a time. Had a hell of a hangover, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, there is only one college entrance. Other than South Carolina in 2001, that gets me hot. And that's Virginia Tech and Inner Sandman. Yes, right. That is probably. That's, I'll be honest. I love South Carolina to death, but Inner <laughs> Sandman, I think that's probably the best entrance in all of college football. Yeah. Watching them walk from the practice field all over the state of that, that's insane. Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Yes, sir. But. Let me tell you about a couple more transfers real quick. All right. Wrap this thing up all that right. I am very hyped about. Let's, let's hear it. This is over here in the ACC Atlantic. All right. You got a four-star running back, Tyon Evans, transferring from Tennessee to Louisville. Louisville. Ooh. Ooh. Yes, sir. You're going to pair up with Malik Cunningham. Wow. <clears throat> That's going to be a game changer. <laughs> I'm telling you, you got the legs on Malik Cunningham on his own, the arm that that kid possesses, and then you add this four-star running back, Louisville's going to be dangerous this year. Oh, they really are. They were dangerous last year, man. If they can get their defense to kind of keep up a little bit. You ain't lying. They're going to be a lot of problems. You ain't lying. They're going to be a lot of problems. This really reminded me a lot of Lamar Jackson days, the way Cunningham plays. Yeah. Yeah, I ain't too sure he doesn't have a little bit better arms than Jackson had. I think he's got – well, I'm not going to say he's got a better arm, but I think he's got more talent than what he does. Yeah, natural arm talent. Natural arm talent. I've just seen the field better, my personal opinion. 
Absolutely. He's a hell of a player, especially from 2020, man. All the turnovers he had, interceptions, fumbles, had a bad problem. Then last year, he he turned a page in a very big way. Yes, sir. He sure did. Absolutely. And my last transfer, and I think this is going to be a huge impact, and I love the story because this guy had no offers out of high school. Mm -hmm. Jared Burst, he's an edge rusher, played in Albany. He's now a four-star. Oh, Transferring to Florida State. And Knowles need an edge guy. Yes, sir. Especially after losing Jermaine Johnson last year. Jermaine Johnson and uh, Kier Thomas. Kier Thomas. But this young man here played in 15 games, recorded 14 and a half sacks. Oh. <laughs> Almost yeah. a sack a game. Yes, sir. That is lethal. That's getting it. That's getting it. Yeah. So, Florida State. If you're a Florida State fan – you cannot not be excited about this damn sign right here. Not at all. To come from Albany, New York, not signed, to be a four-star transfer at an ACC school, Power 5 conference. You getting it, Bo. Good job. Oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. But uh, why don't we turn the page on the same shift gears a little bit? All right. Kick on in a little bit of that recruiting you got going on over there, Bo. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And, you know, again, we were talking about the, let me see. I've got to look down here. Bear with me just a moment. Where you at, boy? <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking. And Bob Saget over here. Turn the page. Yeah. Man. If you start singing, we're going to stop this damn show right now. <laughs> I ain't trying to do that to y'all. I ain't trying to do that to y'all. Boy, I can't find it. I can't find it. I think I've written it down on another piece of paper that I've lost. Ah, damn, I hand the ball off to you, and you're going to fumble it on the first play. Fumble, fumble, fumble. Well, that's fine, because i got four players listed right here that I think it's going to be some immediate impact freshmen to keep an eye on right. this year. All right, let's keep an eye. Let's take a look at that. I'm going to be mentioning probably four or five of them every episode from now on until the season. Yeah. Just some of these freshmen there. But my top four right now, number one on my list, Luther Burden, wide receiver, coming into Missouri. Mizzou. Yes, sir. Five-star, number three in the country recruit, mm -hmm. number one receiver. Mm -hmm. Missouri, that's one area where they have really struggled at, man. They have not had a lot of weapons as far as down the field. They've had some good running backs, but as far as receiving goes, they've been missing some weapons. Mm -hmm. This kid's going to be a big problem, especially if they get a quarterback that can get the ball to them. I mean, going to be a big problem. Now, Drinkowitz... Whatever the hell's name is. Drinkwitz. Drinkwitz. Oh, Eli. <laughs> Whether or not he can find a way to help make this man successful, we don't know. Yeah, yeah. As you can tell, we need to keen on old Drinkwitz. No, no. I just, I used to not have a problem with him, man. But I'm going to tell you what, after the bowl game this past year, the attitude he had, get that crap out of here. My number two immediate impact freshman, Cade Klubnik. Yes, sir. Cade Klubnik, uh, Clemson. Yes, sir. Clemson, number six overall recruit in the nation. Number one quarterback. Number one in our hearts. <laughs> not really. Yeah, I'm not a Clemson fan. <laughs> no, no. 
But he's a hell of a player, y'all. He really is. And Clemson really was a quarterback away from winning a lot of football games last year. They were probably a quarterback away from actually going back into the postseason. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. Because O-line, they had a little bit of a struggle with offensive line last year. And that's secondary in the defense. Yeah, secondary was questionable. Yes, yes, there's still left some very big holes and hurt them at times. But they're saying DJ Leonley is still the projected starter, but how long is that going to last, Rick? So you're going to have a new offensive coordinator this season. I'd say he's going to have a little bit of a change just to see what happens, you know, especially with this postseason and whatnot. But I'd say, I'd say if they lose at least one game, maybe two, I'd say they pull the plug. I'd have to say so. I mean, you could tell he was getting on a short leash last year. Dalo was really bending over backwards for him. Yeah. And to give him some credit now, he really did get it together pretty well towards the end of the season. He played very well in the Carolina game, played very well in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of games, man, where he left a lot to be desired on the field. Yeah. Well, young Lee, or however you pronounce his name, he's – I think if he had one more season to be able to sit beside, sit behind Sunshine, I think he would have been all right. I think they just put too much on him too early. I think he'll be okay this season, though. It'll be, inter- it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. But this is going to be a quarterback competition to keep an eye on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that brings us to number three. Mm-hmm. You can't have a list without a lineman. Oh, no, 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 no. My favorite position. We got big Zach Rice, offensive lineman. Coming into North Carolina, number 13 recruit in the nation, number one offensive lineman. Man, he is going to be – he's going in beast mode. Oh, absolutely, dude. And North Carolina definitely needed a little help on the O-line last year. I'm very excited to see him coming in. Matt Brown, but he really did very well. I think they had a top ten recruiting class this year. So, Yeah, Matt Brown, I mean, he, he turned it way around as far as recruiting goes. But, um, yeah, that offensive lineman is exciting, especially for that North Carolina team that had uh, had some troubles. Yeah, absolutely, man. See, they might be in a rebuilding stage maybe for a season. I wouldn't even say a whole season. Probably about half a season. They're gonna, there's going to be a lot of rust out or a lot of new guys. But I believe Matt Brown's going to put it back together. North Carolina's still going to be tough for several years to come. Absolutely, man. I'd say this season is going to be a little bit of a rebuilding year, but I'd say next season – you're looking. You're probably looking at North Carolina to get back to glory. Yeah, no doubt at all there. But good news, I recovered my fumble. Oh, yeah, you found it? I found it. I've got actually two that I wanted to talk about and highlight. We've well, actually, i got one more damn freshman to talk about here. You ain't oh, I cut, thought you was done. I'm you sorry. Ain't, no, no, you ain't going <laughs> to cut me off. I said I have four. We named three. I'm sorry. I can't count. I'm from Martin County, Kentucky. Leave me alone. Listen, listen. We're at Hart. <laughs> Hart. We got to roll Kevin Hart here, all right? Hi, hi. I mean, I mean, that's simple enough to talk race car to me. Well, s- slow it down here now. Slow it down. <laughs> Come on, Skip. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right, my last impact freshman, number four, Shamar James, linebacker coming into the University of Florida, number 66, recruiting the nation, number five, linebacker in the nation. And they needed some linebacker help. Very badly. Very badly, man. They they couldn't hardly stop the run to save their lives. I mean, 
you know, especially when you're over the middle throws to tight ends and whatnot. They, they really needed that linebacker help. Absolutely. They need help with that and just containing the run game, man. I mean, they struggled terribly last year with stopping the run. And their defensive line was pretty good. But that linebacking core, if they got past the line, they going another 10 yards before somebody stops them. It, it was rough. And once again, could very well have been a scheme issue, could have been a coaching issue, could have been just a culture issue. Players having a bad attitude and just don't care, you know. I hate to say don't care. I mean, don't get me wrong. They ain't a football player on this planet who doesn't care if he wins or loses. They all want to win. But what he's trying to say is they don't care enough about the coaching staff to really give a sh- crap about what if it is a win or loss as far as what it means to the team. You just you get in a bad situation, a bad culture, and you get down on yourself. And you start playing a lot worse because you're doubting yourself. You don't believe in yourself. You get someone who believes in themselves compared to someone full of doubt. It's a huge difference. Or you get a kid that believes in himself but doesn't believe in his teammates and is trying to do all do it all on his own. You get a lot of that stuff, man. Yeah. All those things can cause issues, but I think that's going to be very exciting for Florida. Now you can talk about your recruiting. <laughs> now you can talk about it. All right, all right, all right. So recruiting notes. We've got an athlete um, coming uh, to Louisville. Uh, he's already committed. Jaleel McLean. Five foot ten, one hundred eighty pounds. Played both wide receiver and cornerback uh, in high school. Um, he's number three hundred five in the nation. And looking like you know he could be the next big thing out there at Louisville. You know, for the cornerback, they think he's going to be playing cor- uh, corner out there at Louisville. Yeah, I would think so. Five foot ten, one hundred eighty five pounds. That's a good solid frame for a corner. Maybe even a strong safety, so to speak. Good frame. Definitely would be a thumper, I'd say. Deliver yes. some very good hits. Also would be a very good frame for a special teams player. Yeah, absolutely, man. I could see them being very good on a punt team or a kick return team. Absolutely, man. And surprise, surprise, surprise. It took us this long to talk about some Alabama recruits. I got uh, Jaleel Hurley, Alabama five-star, top four corner in the nation. Plays both football and basketball. He's six foot two, one hundred and seventy pounds. Yeah, that's just what the hell Alabama needed more five stars. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But I mean, you win as much as they do down there. It's gonna happen. Everybody wants to play for a win. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Wholeheartedly agree with you there, my brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. What else you got? That's all I've got on the recruiting aspect of it. We've already talked about the. Uh, the two big signees in the news that, you know, gone pretty viral. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, while we roll on into Texas A&M, I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. All right. All right. So as far as Texas A&M goes, I'm going to start out with some camp notes. Now, of course, we all know that, you know, last year's quarterback has hit the transfer portal. And we've got a quarterback battle brewing down there at uh, College Station. Uh, battle between Haynes King Mac Johnson and the five-star quarterback that's coming in, Connor Whiteman. Damn. I mean, are they loaded or what? They are loaded, man. I mean, you know, uh, Haynes King, 
but you know, started a couple of games last year. Not sure if he got injured or you know if he just had some bad games, man. But you know, he, he played in at least two games and you know had some mixed play. He got had some yardage, but he also threw some interceptions as well. Young, a lot of youth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I mean, his his stats from last year. He threw, uh, completed 22 of 35 passes for 300 yards, two touchdowns, but threw three interceptions. That's when he went down to injury? Yes, sir. Yeah, I remember. It was the start to begin the year off. He definitely showed a lot of potential. And I mean, hell, just when he was shaking the rust off, he got hurt. Yes, sir. So it's hard to know what he would have done. Me, personally, I really feel strong that Max Johnson – it's going to be your projected starter in there unless the wheels completely fall off. Unless he gets hurt or, you know, something happens that's unforeseen, I'm, I'm with you there. He's, you know, of course, transferred from LSU. He has the most experience in that quarterback room. And in his very last game at LSU, guess who he'd be? a Yes, sir. And, I mean, you think about the competition Max Johnson played on a regular basis. I mean, he had to play against family. He had to play against A&M. Played against Arkansas, Ole Miss. I mean, he's played against some really, really tough competition this past year. Oh, absolutely, man, absolutely. And just his stats alone for last year, he went 373 attempts, 225 completions, threw for 2,815 yards with 27 touchdowns and only six picks. Ain't nothing wrong with that at all. Anytime you, anytime you can keep those interceptions in single digits, you do an iron. Absolutely, man. And throwing for almost 3,000 yards, especially at LSU that had so much trouble as what they had last year. Well, they had an offensive line last year that was a train wreck and a half, which they did address. They got a transfer in as a five-star. No, 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 four-star offensive mm-hmm. lineman come in there when Brian Kelly came in. But one thing I can say is Brian Kelly, when he was another dame, he always had a creative offense, and I kind of hated to see Max leave. Yeah. Because I feel like with his athleticism, compared to Ian Book, or Brooke, what his name was, Notre Dame, yeah. several years ago, it would have been very similar. And I think Johnson was actually a better, naturally, more naturally gifted quarterback, so to speak, than Ian was. So it would have been really good to see him stay in LSU, but now that he's over with Jumbo, I mean, Look at the players he's turned out. E.J. Manuel and James Wilson right here at Florida State. Mm-hmm. Not to mention, um, oh, damn, what the hell is the boy's name? He went to the Minnesota Vikings. Played for A&M two years ago. Kellen Mond. Kellen Mond, yep. So, I mean, Jimbo, he can develop. He's got some people on his staff. They can develop quarterback positions. So. Yeah, absolutely, man. It'll be really interesting to see Max Johnson finally tweet like I said, I think he's going to be a projected starter, and I would not be surprised if you're freshman in red shirts this year and you got a king as your second strength. Yeah. And, the, again, in the perfect world, you, you want that quarterback to take a year, be able to get that red shirt, get him one more year of experience. That way he can take full advantage of the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, Connor Wegman, man, he's actually – Regarded as the best quarterback that was, you know, in the pool this year by Jimbo. He liked him even over the uh, kid that Clemson got. Well, anybody that's ever heard Jimbo talk knows 
He thinks anything he has is better than anybody else. But St. Tommy Hill is a football coach. I like that. Yeah. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm coaching a team, you cannot tell me you got people on your team that's better than mine. No. I will argue till you're blue in the face. A coach loves his players. That's like his kids. You love, mm-hmm. you love them. And yep. every parent believes in their kids, and they want their kids to be the best of the best, and ain't nobody going to tell them otherwise. You ain't lying there, brother. So... What else you got going on down there? Moving on. Of course, we all know that Isaiah Spiller has left and gone to greener pastures in the NFL. So we're going to have a little bit of a running competition, but I don't think it's going to be much of a competition. You have Devon Chain coming back, and he is actually expected to take over as the lead back. Um, now, he is limited for spring practice due to you know a previous injury. So, you know, there is that. But the uh, battle for the secondary running back is going to be between L.J. Johnson and Amari Daniels and Ernest Crown. Well, even with Spiller being gone, you still got the other running back from last year coming back mm-hmm. who Daniel ran for 1,000 yards himself, averaged at seven yards a touch. So yeah. A&M is going to have a great ground attack, and especially now that you got a good quarterback in there with experience. A couple of good quarterbacks there, some experience. I mean, you got your original starter from last year coming back. You got Max Johnson. Mm-hmm. This offense is going to be clicking. Yes, it's going to be on fire this year. Like you said, man, uh, the running back, Devin Chain, he rushed for 130 yards, or, uh, rushed for 103 times for 910 yards, seven yard average per touch. Which is better than Spiller because Spiller averaged 5.3. 5.65. 5.65. I was close, man. I'm rattling off the top of my damn head over here. Well, here's the thing, though. Spiller got six touchdowns last year rushing. Mm-hmm. My boy, Chain, had nine touchdowns rushing last year. I think Chain was a little bit more of a power back, though, compared to Spiller. Yeah, probably. From but, what I remember. But this, I'm, I'm telling you, this year, this joker, he's going to be hard to stop. And it's going to be hard to stop, period. Yep. Best recruiting class in the nation. All of you know is that or not. Yeah. Number one in the country. In recruiting. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at all the five stars they got, man. Oh, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, the defense is oh, insane. You ain't lying. They had a number of five stars, and then they had, you know, six or seven four stars, and I think they only had two or three three stars that they recruited, and that was it. Yeah, because, I mean, voter loaded. But, I mean, look at the NIL package they did. <laughs> I mean, the the whole university put together this whole program. I mean, I can't remember the amount of money they had going towards NIL, but I remember it was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, I'm telling you. And as an old Jimbo went all, off on his very long rant going on about how NIL has nothing to do with what's going on. Yeah, bull crap. Don't get me wrong. Jimbo's a hell of a coach. He's a championship, excuse me, championship caliber coach yeah, without really a doubt. But you telling me, as soon as this NIL comes into factor, all of a sudden you're landing all these huge, huge, huge recruits. They always have pretty good recruits, but they turned it up one hell of a notch here recently. Well, when you can beat Alabama in recruiting, you know something's going on, something different. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, who's who don't want to go play for Nick Saban? 
down there in Alabama, as prestigious as that program is and how many championships they've won over the last 10 years. You know what I saw about that? What's that? This year was the, I believe he was, it was the first year where he has been beaten by an assistant coach because Jimbo Fisher was an assistant Nick Saban, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't he? Uh, Jimbo was. And then Kirby. And then Kirby in the national. So he's fallen to two of his former assistant coaches, a stat that he has been undefeated at all this time. What are you getting at? Maybe some of these recruits are starting to look at Nick Saban, look at the age. Every year he's getting asked, when are you retired? Maybe they're starting to look at the protégés, so to speak. I mean, it makes sense because, I mean, Jimbo – Right there, Texas A&M, they beat Alabama last year. And then Georgia just won a natty. And that, I mean, they've got a recruiting machine going on down there in Georgia, too. I saw that. I think Josh Heifel was a Nick Saban assistant also back in the day. I'm not sure he might be. I uh, look. I'm, I'm not, not sure on that at all. I'm going to check it out real quick uh, on the computer. I'll let you. look it up. I'm going to go over to the next, uh, next little tidbit of information I got for you while he's looking that up. So, last season, A&M lost two linemen going to the pros. They lost uh, Ruben Fathery. Or, excuse me. Bo, if you don't pick up the pace, I'm going to fall asleep (laughs) over here. My apologies. They lost two offensive linemen uh, to the pros. Uh, They've got Ruben Fathery. Right tackle is also going to be seeing reps at left tackle this season. Their center, Bryce Foster, will not compete in spring due to being on the track and field team. He actually throws shots, so he's not competing in spring ball, which is a bit of a bummer to me. Uh, it's also going to uh, – they're going to allow for Luke Matthews and Aki Ogunabi, ever how you pronounce that name, uh, for that spot. Also some interior you know, guards, uh, but both are going to be taking snaps. And Ogunabi is also going to be taking uh, some – uh, snaps at right tackle as well. Keep on rolling. I'm over here researching. Oh, you good. All right. And lastly, with some camp notes, uh, of course, Seth Small um, is gone as the kicker uh, down there in A&M. He's, he's going off the greener pastures as well. Uh, but they are going to be looking at Caden Davis to take over that position. Is likely to take over. And he's just about got that information pulled up. Um, so I'm just going over some of the injuries that have gone on with Texas A&M. Just to let you know where they stand. It's, it's getting a little bit lengthy. Again, Bryce Foster's out due to being on the uh, track and field team, Devon Achain is going to be limited. Uh, Gabriel Brownlow Dindy out due to injury. Marquise Groves Killebrew also out for the 22 season due to injury, knee injury actually. All right, Josh Eiffel never coached at Baylor. He was an Oklahoma assistant oh. because he was a quarterback at Oklahoma in 2000 when they won the Natty. Okay, so he's actually off of the. Um, Stoops tree. That is correct. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Uh, wide receiver. Yeah. These next few I'm going to go over. I'm just going to go over real quick. They don't really have an update on exactly what the injury is. 
Yeah, let her rip potato chip. Go ahead. Right, we got Caleb Chapman, Hezekiah Jones. Who the hell's that? Wide receivers. Okay. Tight end Eli Stowers. Right. Defensive tackle McKinley Jackson. Defensive tackle Darius Jones. Uh, safety Jalen Jones. That's your injury report? Yeah. Ooh. Uh, looks like a nickelback uh, Devin Harmon and center Brian George. All out due to injury. That's an A&M? That's an A&M alone. Damn. Yeah. You got to have a good recruiting class just to fill that <laughs> damn death chart up. Gracious day. Yeah, now this, this, you know, all but one is just, you know, expected to be out for spring. And, of course, you know, the uh, running back's going to be limited, but everybody else is out, per se. That's right. But, hell, injuries are pretty common, really, in spring football. Because you think about it, I mean, season's over. And once season's over, a lot of these kids are all hanging out, kind of resting, taking it easy. I mean, you still got your weight lifting, still got all that stuff to do. But you're resting your body a lot much, a lot more than you were during the regular season. It gets kind of out of rhythm, out of time. Yep. So then when you come back in the spring practice, you start going wide open. I mean, the hamstrings start pulling. Yeah. Start hurting your shoulders a little bit. I mean, all kinds of things. Yeah, man. It, you know, when you get out of time, just like a car, you, everything starts to just get a little bit slower. Shaky. Shaky. And things start start happening. And, you know, you got to keep do a little bit of upkeep. That and spring football is also at the same time as spring break. Yeah. <laughs> so there ain't no telling how many injuries happen during that. Yeah, yeah, get a little bit dehydrated on the the adult beverages. By the way, did you see the clip down there in Miami of spring break? I didn't see the clip, but I was on the way here listening to the radio. They were talking about what was going on down there. About Coach O? Oh, no, not about Coach O. <laughs> There's a video going around on the Internet. And I wish I could have seen the before the video or the after the video. But these guys, these couple of college young guys sitting there, Coach O's hanging out with his shirt off. I don't think he's wore one ever since they won the Natty. <laughs> but uh, he is giving these kids the death stare, and they look terrified. And you can tell Coach O's pissed. I don't know what they did. I don't know what happened after. <laughs> but, damn, I wish I knew. <laughs> oh, what, what, what y'all doing on now? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, of all people, though, in South Beach, Miami, spring break, and you got Coach O rolling around, how hilarious would it be if you read about Coach O beating the hell out of a couple of Miami Hurricanes? <laughs> oh, man. And then he goes on to Florida State the next season just to kick the hell out of him again. Hey, that that would be funny. <laughs> but but you never know. Norvell, he might. He might pull it out. He might just. I'm telling you, between the recruiting and the transfers, but I mean, he – I'll give the man credit. He is fighting his ass off. Yeah, he really is. I mean, he's so close, so close. But the key to a good coach is getting over the line. We'll getting see. over that line. We'll see. He tricked me last year. But I, I don't know. So far this year, I'm not going to go 100% committed yet. I got to wait until I see a little bit of spring film, feel the summer out a little bit. But right now, I just I don't know why. I've got a little – Got a little feeling. Seminoles might be a little better. I hope so. I really hope so. I mean, I would love to, you know, for the war cry to, to bring out the same fear as what it used to in people. Yeah, absolutely. But what the hell are you working on there, man? 
All right, so just going over a little bit of information here for the 2021 year. It's time for the year in review. Fly away. <laughs> All right, so offensive year in review last year. Yards per game. Train wreck. 381.5. Ranks 69th in the nation. That wasn't pretty. Rushing, 183 yards even. Ranks 45th in the nation. Right there in the middle. Yes, pal. Well, I ain't in the middle. You're in the better half. You got to think of a countdown of 132 college teams. Yeah. yeah. So, tier. yeah. But the stat that really kills this offense, passing yards, 198.5, 86th in the nation. But you got to wonder, what could it have been if Davis didn't get injured? True. Might have been better. Makes you wonder about Davis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Points per game, 29.3, ranks 57th in the nation. That's interesting. Yes, sir. Want to go over defensive stats? It's going to be a hell of a lot better. I already know. <laughs> Defensively, yards per game, 307.3, ranked 13th in the nation. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. That sounds great, man. <laughs> Rushing yards, they gave up 134.835. Once again, you're in the top tier. Well, the better tier. That's not top, but that's better. Better tier, yeah. 172.5 passing yards given up, 14th in the nation. Mm-hmm. But they only allowed 15.9 points per game, which ranks third in the nation. Oh, Texas A&M had a hell of a defense last year. I'm telling you, I really thought last year that it was going to maybe make a run. I was a little uncertain because of the departure of Kellen Mond, but losing a quarterback right in the very beginning of the year, I mean, that's, that's tough to overcome, which LSU had a similar thing with Miles Brennan. He didn't mm-hmm. even make it to the season. Mm-hmm. So it makes you wonder in that situation also, but. Well, for me, here's the thing, though. They, season before last, they were snubbed, best way to put it, for the playoffs. They really were. Yeah, they were. So I thought that they would come in with a chip on their shoulder and fight their way through. And with an 8-4 and season, they did just that. But the four games that they lost – we're in their division. So that kind of just, you know, kind of messed everything up for them for another playoff berth. But eight and four, I mean, that's a hell of a hell of a record. Somewhat. For a lot of schools, yeah. Well, for Texas right. A&M under Jimbo, no. No. You're right. I mean, let's just look at the teams they've lost to. They lost to Arkansas. Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Bama. Oh, no, no, they beat Bama. They, they beat, beat Bama. Bama. Yeah, they they beat. lost to Ole Miss and LSU. That's right. And the Mississippi State game, if I'm not mistaken, that was a hellacious game. In Mississippi State, they lost 26-22, close game. But the one that really struck me is the lost Ole Miss and the lane train. How bad was that one? Uh, 29 to 14, it looks like. Still wasn't terrible. I mean, you got to think that they had probably the best quarterback in college football. Mm-hmm. One of the best receiving cores in all of college football. Mm-hmm. Had a great running back. 
only thing Lane Kiffin struggled with this year really was his defense. Mm-hmm. And his defense vastly improved. I mean, hell, they went to a BCS Bowl this year. Yeah, I mean, they improved over time, you know, throughout the season. Yeah, Lane Train, I mean, Ole Miss was good this year. They didn't lose, but what, two games? Three games? I'm not sure. I have to go back and look at it. They had a really good year. I know that. They were damn good. Yeah. As far as the penalties go with A&M this season, they had 77 penalties for a loss of 661 yards. They fumbled nine times, lost three, and had 13 interceptions. Quarterback was sacked 19 times for a loss of 121 yards. There's definitely room for improvement, but I'm telling you what, man. I can't even count what happened last year, Texas. I'm telling you, that's a damn good team. Yeah. And they could very, very well be a team to run through the West this year. Yeah, I, I, I fully believe it. I really believe it. Matter of fact, you know, I think it's going to be between them, Arkansas, and probably the lane train down there at Ole Miss. And, of course, Alabama. Alabama's always going to be tough. LSU's going to be pretty good with Brian Kelly. But I think it's going to come down to A&M and Bama. Arkansas, I don't look for them to contend for the West title this year. But I think whoever they upset throughout the year is going to determine who wins and who loses. Right. The title. Right. But I really do think a and going to be a very, very, very good team this year. Very scary. It really is, man. And I'm excited to see this spring game on April the 9th. It's going to dictate a lot of what we've been thinking, really. Yeah, it really is. It's going to be very exciting to watch. I'm just excited for spring football, period. Oh, yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, the good news is I believe we've got spring ball on every weekend from here to, like, the 16th of April. That's always good. Yes, sir. So, with all that being said, man, you got anything you really want to touch on, you really want to discuss out of that? I think I'm good, man. I I think that, you know, with what we've discussed with A&M, well, I believe that they're on the right track. All of these recruits that they've got going on with all the Happy Meals, man, McDonald's, shoot. I think Texas A&M, maybe in about a year or two, if not this year, they're going to be something. They're going to be contender. They'll be a contender this year. I'm telling you. You can, you can go ahead and pencil that in. Absolutely, man. What you got? You got anything? Not really. Um, I really don't have nothing, man, to be honest with you. I just want to say I appreciate everybody for tuning in. If I wasn't as upbeat as normal, I apologize. Like I said, we're running, running some different hours at work right now, so it's got me a little bragging in the evening, but I promise you I'll get used to it. I'll pet right back up. This is our first YouTube video, so let us know what you think. Unless it turns out God awful. If it turns out God awful, I'm not posting the damn thing. Hopefully, the camera recorded the whole thing this time around. Yeah, yeah. Last episode, <laughs> damn GoPro died halfway through, so that piece of junk. It'd it be that way sometimes. But 
I just want to say I appreciate everybody for tuning in. I appreciate all of y'all's support. We're steady growing a little bit each time with every episode, and it really means a lot to me. It really Absolutely, does. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. And chances are, if you like football, you know somebody else that likes football. They know somebody that likes football. Let them know about us, man. Get the word around. We we love talking football with each and everybody out there. Absolutely. I'm down to talk football anytime you're around. I'm telling you, a world without football would be a very <laughs> depressing world. And I'm just going to tell you how this thing started out, man. Me and this guy right here, hanging out, just talking football back and forth to each other. Wives were like, hey, we're tired of hearing y'all listen about football. Why don't y'all create a podcast that we can talk football with everybody? They were right. <laughs> yeah, the wife. Nine times out of ten, the wife's always going to be right. <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, we ain't going to tell them that. But I mean, I'm just saying that's how it goes most of the time. <laughs> I'm just kidding, baby. I love you. <laughs> Who the hell are you calling, baby? My wife. Oh. No, <laughs> I'm the only one sitting in this damn room. Also. <laughs> Yeah, she listens to this podcast, too. I tell her, I'm just kidding. I, you ride all the time, baby. I love you. I was about to do next episode on damn Skype or some shit. I can sit <laughs> next to you on next episode. What the hell you got going on over there, man? Oh, hell. Hell no. I smack the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> next episode, this man ain't up beat. I'm going to stop and grab a monster or something on the way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, I drank Red Bull yesterday. I think had me on jittery. I ain't drank damn energy drink. Months. <laughs> but... Anyways, y'all, like I said, I appreciate everybody tuning in. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram. Share it with your friends. Hey, on Facebook, you can send us a message. You can do it on Twitter. Feel free to message us. Give us your input. Give us your feedback. We always love hearing from you. I enjoy it. I truly do enjoy it. And like I said, I'm going to do my best. We're going to do our best to make sure that we improve each and every episode. I know there's going to be a dud here and there. It's going to happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. But, I mean, we can't be perfect every time. Nobody's perfect. That's right. But I just want to improve each and every episode. Just like as a football team, you want to improve every game, I want to improve every episode. Absolutely. So if you see something you think we can improve on, shoot us a message. Let us know. Or if you want a segment that we've not done yet, if you think that would be more interesting about your team or any team out there, let us know that too. That's exactly right. But uh, with that being said... Keep those drinks cold. Keep the chains moving. And if you're in Tennessee, keep them Happy Meals flying. <laughs> we love you. We'll see you next time.